0: listening to the Novel Universe podcast, a monthly YA lit podcast hosted by Don Abram and Elise Martinez, YA librarians from the Chicagoland area. Each episode features reviews and rants on new and upcoming YA books. We are here to help you navigate your TBR pile. What's good, what's bad, and everything in between.
1: I'm Elise, the projector of romance, and I'm Don. Welcome back to another episode of Read Along with the Universe, where we are reading The Beautiful by Renee Adier. And in this episode, we will be discussing pages 193-ish to Mm 291-ish. All right. You know, I... I'm
0: sitting here looking at my notes, and I'm like, you know, Don and I talked about it. We're struggling.
1: Struggles. Struggles to funk. Str- struggles to funk.
0: We are struggles to funk right now with this book, and I think this was like one of the most difficult sections yeah, to read. It was tough. It's almost like, so like I felt like the author was trying in the first couple sections, and now this, it was just like, I need more bodice ripping and more gazing at one another because there wasn't enough of that and it really is adding meat to my story and i'm just like oh my god i'm like i
1: can't i wanted to quit i know this this last section because i read it i read it at home i i was dying inside a slow death a very slow death a slow blood-draining death since we're talking about vampires (laughs) all right uh if you listen to our last podcast uh to keep ourselves entertained we started a bingo game um i have not crossed anything off my I bingo haven't. card well i think all the good stuff is going to happen in the last 50 pages agreed because that's what writers like her do
0: i have love triangle in the middle and i think that was officially set up in this they didn't go out on, on a date no, but he cares for her. Oh, like, that literally does count. That. that doesn't count. How, what
1: do you mean? They have to go out on a date. They do. <laughs> we did not say that. That's what that, yeah, that's so what So that a means. love triangle
0: to me is that there are two people that like this girl, but actually, she, no, I consider a love triangle where somebody, like, it's like reciprocated to both people and she doesn't like the other guy.
1: Yeah. Mine says huh. they have to go out on a date. So oh, I, I did. It. I, was I was not very that specific. <laughs> Jesus, I don't know why. I should have said he likes her. Damn it. I should have said that too. All right. Well, I still haven't crossed anything. Off I was loosey that. goosey
0: with my terminology here. <laughs> I haven't crossed anything either.
1: All right. We have a new game, and it is called It's Time for <laughs> Everyone's Favorite Game Show. <laughs> How many times does Odette say Mon ami in the entire book? I guessed. What did I say? Seven. You said seven. I guessed twelve. The answer is nineteen. Ooh, nineteen fucking times. The vocabulary in this book is varied. So, <laughs> drinking game. While you're drinking. Shots, Every time. Well, Dad says mommy. Shots. You get to drink a shot. Oh, geez. oh my god. All right. Are we ready to jump in? Let's jump in. All right, so Dawn is going to do the shitty recap because I don't care. Um, all right, so <laughs> does it start off with this, with these two new characters? I literally can't remember. Uh,
0: literally, the first section of this bit starts off with the vampire who is heretofore unnamed talking about what it means to be a vampire in this story. Literally, that's the first section. Oh, okay. And he talks but, about how
1: the humans think that all you need is sunlight or some, some garlic and oh yeah bullshit. so the only thing that they are afraid of is sunlight yeah in this world okay. and uh there was something else silver silver and, i'm gonna go look it up yeah i think it's silver and daylight
0: pure silver yeah but that doesn't kill them it only subdues them so silver subdues sunlight kills okay destroys
1: all right um fyi if you hear a lot of talking in the background we are at work and we are right next to a study room where the kids like to talk very loudly they think it's soundproof and it's not Mm -hmm. so just fyi okay so i think there might be a little foreshadowing um actually you know what no because i accidentally read oh girl i accidentally read i read too many pages (laughs) So I read
0: when an extra you were chapter. Very specific it was that you accident. Do. No, it was because yeah. it was on my Kindle. Also, I don't have
1: page numbers.
0: I was about to do that too because this one ends on another one of his chapters, and yeah. I was like, they're always really short. Let me keep reading.
1: So and I did it. I, didn't. Read, I, I read this read
0: page. I was like, who the hell is Nicodemus anyway? I know. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this chapter bothered me because, oh, wait, you were doing a recap. I was doing my shitty recap. Do your shitty recap. Don't interrupt we'll my in.
1: shitty recap. I apologize. Okay. So we learn a little bit of vampire folklore and then we meet two, three new characters. Ash. Ash. Phobus, Art and Phobos. Phoebus. I don't know how to say this guy's We're going to say
0: Phobos. We're going to say Phobos. Like Americans. I don't I think know. that's how you pronounce it, but I don't
1: okay. know. I don't care at this uh, point. They Ash and what's his name Art Art are, are they brothers? They are brothers. They are brothers, and their father is like a real estate magnet. tycoon mm-hmm. magnet. And Phobos is the son of the mayor, and of uh, New Orleans, of New Orleans, and they are meeting to discuss some new literature, literature the business plan. I thought. I'm not a literature. <laughs> I, I laugh about that. Yikes. Um, I ooh. meant to say like um architecture or like some business building yeah, deals or whatever. Yeah. And they start to get a little racist y and bastion. Uh, not just racist. <laughs> okay. Racist. Racisty, racisty
0: and misogynistic. Yeah. But for no purpose whatsoever. Yeah. We'll get it.
1: We'll get into that. Uh, and Bastion is like, "Oh hell no!" And he brings out his goons, and they—I don't know if they kill them or I if they, they beat them up and then wipe their memory. I think they just had a little snacky snack. Oh yeah, they—they drain them yeah. and then yeah. they wipe their memory. But Phobos, they didn't touch Phobos, but they wiped his memory because he wanted to. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Bastion gave him his choice because he said he respected him, and he was like, "I want to forget what just happened."
1: Okay. So that happens and then Oh. <laughs> shit. Um there's more business with um Oh doesn't she go to She meet goes her? to Odette to
0: yeah. have a chat about the dress. Um there's a lot of discussion about food and then whoops. Celine accidentally says that she's attracted to Bastion and guess who hears her? Cause he happened to walk in the room right as she said that. Bastion and his goons. So more more hijinks. I fucking hate the hijinks. More ADA hijinks. More Audier Hijinks, yeah. And so as she is leaving Jacques, um you know, Odette, being a good friend, decides to offer her a carriage. We'll get back into that later. The, we'll get into that, but in this our is still part of the feminist. Yeah.
1: We'll get into that in our feminist. No, no, no heart. I'm just saying. Okay. She
0: refuses a carriage, and no. therefore okay, yeah. is accosted on the street by this vampire whose name we don't have yet, mm-hmm. nor whose identity we don't know. He makes a couple quotes, which, which we'll call go him into bamps. later. His name's Vamps. <laughs> <laughs> cramp, <laughs> cramps. cramp Vamps. I can't. Okay. He basically says, I love you, I own you, I want you to die in my arms, and she's freaked out, so now he's, like, following her, Bastion comes to her rescue, he saves her, and they go to the parade that's happening downtown, because, again, this whole week, this whole book is taking place in a week during, like, the Mardi Gras season. They chat, I think he admits that he likes her too in this chapter, if not, that's later, but whatever, they both... Oh,
1: never mind.
0: Go ahead. We'll get into it. Y'all get into it. Um... And then, when they get back to the convent, uh, Pippa and she have a conversation about their truths, and then, (laughs) and then, oh no, William the Gardener is killed. Have we even met William the Gardener? She keeps killing off rando characters that we don't give a shit about. I think the only time
1: we met him is when she was like, the window's open, but I must not show my big bosoms. But (laughs) then she does anyway, and William walks by or some bullshit. I think that's the only time we meet him. She has this,
0: like, you know, anytime anyone dies, obviously that's horrific, but she has this, like, insane reaction as though it was, like, Pippa that was killed. And I'm like, whatever. So above his body is an O, or what looks like an O or a zero. So if you remember correctly, an L or what looks like an L was left first. Now it's an O. I'm calling that it. it's gonna spell the word love. So I think we have two more victims before this book is up. <sighs> um, they carry his body out, and the mat- mother superior is basically like, "Um, you're a weed in my garden. You gotta go." <laughs> mm-hmm. And Celine was like, "You know what? You're right. I'm a horrible person." And she gets mad at Pippa for still wanting to be her friend because Pippa's an idiot, according according to Celine, and doesn't know what's good for her. So she leaves and goes to Odette, and Michael runs into him on the street. Remember, Michael is the uh, detective. The detective that's like barely twenty. Um, and they make a plan to capture the this vampire using Celine as bait. Vamps <laughs> to capture vamps using selena's bait and michael's like no i refuse to let you be used as meat to to capture this guy and then i don't know what this last chapter was is she in a room where bastion's portrait is literally alive like where did this fucking come girl, from girl she
1: <laughs> she <laughs> she stays in an abandoned hotel i hate this book she was attacked i
0: fucking hate so this you're gonna book. stay
1: by yourself in a huge ass hotel like the shining i don't think so I'm so done. So yeah, she um,
0: she, they talk about the plan. I don't know what the plan is because I basically skipped this whole chapter. And just to use her as bait. Yeah, ball. just, just to use her as bait. So that's basically. I what's think happening. at the masquerade ball. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's what happens in this section of chapters. Hokey dokey Hokey. Hokey What's dokey. the first thing? The first thing. Let's go back to the vampire mythology that she introduces on page 193. Um. So I made a note that suddenly, so we we have been getting chapters from this vampire up until this point in the vamps. book. Vamps, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're gonna <laughs> correct me every time I say I vamps. Alright. We have been hearing from vamps every couple chapters, but it hasn't really been vampire. It's just been like him talking about like how he's like doing this for love or whatever. Now all of a sudden, over halfway through her own book. She is now beginning to be like, you know what, I should probably uh, introduce the mythology behind my vampires because I just assumed she wasn't going to do anything different with it. Mm -hmm. We are all fucking familiar with what vampires are afraid of, can't do, can do, people's reactions to them. But she attempts to, like, build her own narrative around vamps. I literally wrote around vamps. So good call. (laughs) Yes. Um, and she takes the reader out of the narrative again by attempting dis- to dismantle, again, this, like, current mythology that everyone's familiar with. And it just seemed apologetic. Oh, we don't like- we- we're not bothered by a garlic and holy water. It was just a lot of wasted time. Like, he didn't tell us anything meaningful about this, like, this, like, group he keeps mentioning and how they're against the courtlyon. You know, I'm like- we need more information yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. This illusionist bullshit has yet to come back around. No. Mm-hmm. And that was the one thing that I was very excited about in this book. You know, and again, it's it's going to be a pacing thing where, like you said, at the end, it's going to come in like a deus ex machina where now the illusions, oh, we've been doing it the whole time, but you didn't know because I didn't tell you as the author. Yeah. I'm I'm exasperatedly upset. So that really bothered me. Um do you have anything else
1: to say about that beginning chapter? Um, I don't know if it's like part of the whole conversation, but so what IDA does badly is everything. <laughs> well, okay. So we are supposed to feel like this tension yeah. around Celine being attacked by vamps. And you know, oh my God, he's following me since I got here. But because she doesn't develop vamps in his chapters, I'm not. I don't care. Yeah. I it, it means I nothing. I even
0: forget that it's the same
1: person. Yeah. I
0: it, it is not connecting with the story. Um, it's it's not being carried through the rest of the narrative until now, and barely. Yeah. Okay. So these attacks that are suddenly happening to her seem out of the blue because he has not been even adjacent to her thus far in the book. And again, it's it's like it's just disjointed. Yeah. Um there's nothing substantial no that's happening. Right. Only thing I we know, know is he Like trying she's to give hinting back the bastion. that he does, but we don't get yeah. it. So you know she's wasting precious page time. Oh yeah. Going on about bullshit, mm-hmm. which is what she does. And it's oh god, this book is the worst. And then later when he attacks her i didn't write down a page number but whenever she's back at the convent and he attacks her he makes a couple references that i think are supposed to either foreshadow or give us a clue as to what his modus operandi is and so he references that like he's basically reigniting the battle of carthage and so i googled what that was because i didn't fucking know and it's the battle where romans fought against the carthaginians for their rich farming land and obviously to consolidate power so, clearly, this is a reference to, like, the paranormal warfare or, like, the conflict that's happening between him and Bastion's people. But we yeah. don't know what that is. We have yeah. no information we're about over, what that We're over 70% here, people. Right, right. We're over, over 70%. 70%. It's, it's crazy. So, I was like, this is, you know, Adia's attempt to deepen the story, but it's not working. And then he, in that same sentence, travels in time about what 700 years to Shakespeare's time and says to thine own self be true and like references Polonius from Hamlet and I'm like what the fuck oh that's right the one thing I know about Celine, besides that she has a heaving bosom (laughs) which is repeatedly mentioned on page after page is that she likes Shakespeare I do not know what this has to do with the story other than that it's a random character detail yeah it, it has
1: nothing to do it doesn't have anything to just like the whole romeo and juliet yeah. passage or sentence whatever she's just taking the most <laughs> famous lines from each shakespearean play and just dropping I them in know. there Oh, and a true fan would like know the more subversive
0: mm-hmm. plots and like we're not you know i don't know i know that this is a teen book but it's like ugh, it just no. seems
1: very fakey mm-hmm. it's fake it's not no yeah it's not good Alright, what what theme was that under? That vampire. was vampire
0: mythology, and that's okay. all I have to say about that, because yeah. that's really all we get here. Yeah, I got nothing. Alright. Um, let's move on. So feminism was the next section I had, and this is, there's not even any feminism that's happening. It's I should have actually titled this, like, misogyny. Um, I feel annoyed by authors who include character villains that are character because they're misogynist and sexist, and I feel like it's their attempt to, like, <sighs> like, deal with the shit that they're dealing with in the real world, and I get that, and when it's well done, it's meaningful and powerful and can enact change, but when it's done poorly, it just sounds like whining. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit. And it's a fine line, because it's like, we should be calling out, like, misogyny and sexism in every aspect of our lives. But when I'm reading a YA fiction fantasy, paranormal historical fiction, I don't fucking know what I'm reading here. (laughs) It just, it seems like bad writing. So these two guys, Ash and Art, are like rich, privileged boys. I'm assuming they're white because they, they act, they are, they're racist. Like they also throw out a lot of like racial... Not slurs, but well, they almost did. Yeah, they they they
1: they did. I forgot about that. Both of them were slurs.
0: But the way they were talking about women and minorities is clear that they these are not good guys. They've they've just been able to think and do whatever they want with zero consequence. Um, But that isn't developed at all.
1: No, this chapter comes out of nowhere. I'm like, who are these guys? Exactly,
0: comes out of nowhere. It's only purpose is to show how Bastion is such a good guy because he's not going to put up with it. And again, it's another one of those things where like, these are our, these are our modern values. This is the world you want to see then. And it it just, it is so glaringly like out of the plot that I, I was like, I, oh my God, just Mm -hmm. what is happening So yeah, they, um, it it was just over the top and forced and that's like literally all that comes out of their mouth. So it just turned them into cartoon antagonists. I don't even know if I can call them villains because they haven't even come back into the story. No.
1: So like, what was the point? To to maybe show Bastion's crew?
0: No, literally, yeah, literally, it was just to highlight like Bastion's shit and Bastion's plan, and there was other ways that they could have gone about doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like, oh my god, I can't. So that's it. That was the only
1: feminist adjacent
0: bullshit
1: that happened in this. I don't think I have any feminist adjacent bullshit. Um, (laughs) it's just like dumb stuff, like when she's at the dinner with. Uh, Odette and she wants to leave and then Odette's like let me call you a care and she's like no I don't need anybody to take right. care of me um, she's not doing it because you're a woman she's doing it because people are murdering people mm-hmm. and it's at night right. and it's just not you just shouldn't be walking alone at night and, um, and pages later uh,
0: uh, Celine comes to this very realization and was like I let my pride get to me how do you feel about those kind of internal monologues?
1: They're stupid. Because as the reader, we already know what's going to happen. This well, we already feel that. You know, it's clear that by her turning down the
0: carriage, you're being a dumbass. Mm-hmm. So to come around again and and to literally on the page tell the reader, oh, man, I shouldn't have done that. It's like,
1: are you? You're assuming your reader's a dumbass. Well, it's... It, Well, okay, so I'm going to go into that in writing style. I don't know. Instead of just,
0: like, moving on with the plot so that Celine
1: can just deal with the consequences
0: of her stupidity. Like, we we know. We know Mm -hmm. that that was, oh, my God, you're being so prideful. Like, it's not the pride that's the issue. It's the way that she's showing this character flaw. Mm -hmm. Don't talk about it. It's evident.
1: I have nothing to add to Oh, my misogyny. God. <laughs> no, that's it. Okay. Um. All right, we can move on. The only thing I wrote down is writing style again. I will try not to repeat what we've already said. Yeah, because a lot of this is just bad writing. Yeah. Chalked up to bad writing. So I feel like I can see Renee Audier outlining her book. I've never outlined a book. I don't know how the process goes, but I can imagine the process of it. And so I feel like she's saying, Okay, how can I mm-hmm. get Celine and Bastion alone? I know I'll make her not accept a carriage because she's too prideful. It's like right, you can right. see her writing these things because they're they're it's really choppy. It, it just come kind come, yeah. comes out of nowhere, which she does a lot. It's not very inventive. Yeah. She doesn't it's, have transitions, yeah. um, Either in her dialogue or yeah. in any event. Uh, another example is the Sunday Mass chapter that we talked about last week, where I don't know where her and Pippa are walking, and Pippa just throws in, Oh, I'm a part of a ladies' league. Oh, okay, what the fuck is a ladies' league? And when did you join that? And why are we just not hearing about it? Oh, I know, because in the next chapter, one of the ladies is fixing her up with Phobos. That's the, oh, she's like, How does ADA thinking? how can i get pippa in the middle of this i know i'll have her date one of the guys that gets the piss and poop beat out of him by bastion like she's it, it yeah. it's annoying and it's very
0: unlikely that
1: like realistically that phobos
0: would even be fraternizing with two girls from a convent that would not look good
1: well his mom even is setting even if her up. You,
0: I know but like even if you joined a ladies league are you telling me that Pippa is the best prospect in this entire ladies
1: league? That's some that's bullshit. A good, that's a good Come that's on. Suggestion. I It's I, a very cheap the mayor's way. Son, yeah, it's a
0: very exactly. It's a very cheap way of getting Pippa in the middle of the story. Like the mayor's son, he's going to know everybody. And Pippa I know. with zero parentage, some random British girl who
1: came over here on a boat a week ago? I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah, Bro. that's bad. But, like, this is the type of writing, and you kind of almost said it. I call this all meat and no bones, where she's just got, she's got, like, No, sh- it's events. bones and no meat. Is it bones? But I feel like bones hold it together, and there's nothing holding her events together. There's nothing holding the meat together. But the meat is what keeps is the, the thing? story
0: warm and it's attractive. It's all meat and no bones. All blood. bones and no meat.
1: It's, 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 the, the
0: bones are here, there's an interesting okay. story plot happening, Maybe but there's it. zero
1: meat. The, the the skin is just sagging off the bones. Okay. It's all <laughs> it's all bone and no meat. Yeah. So there's, there's zero stuff meat here. there, but there's nothing yeah. good keeping there's it nothing to, There's nothing yeah, substantial. Yeah. There's nothing in the middle keeping it all together. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of hate yeah. that type of writing. I do too. Um
0: I I made some comments on the genre of this book, mostly uh, calling out the genre of this book as she's writing about the romance that's happening. I'm confused about how I'm supposed to be interpreting the tone of this book. You know, we were we were reading a couple lines out loud because we work in an office, and then our our, our part time coworker was like, "Uh, is this a harlequin romance?" And I'm like, "You know what? Is it? I don't fucking know."
1: Might as it, well
0: be. it reads like a cheap paperback. Yeah. Just like, literally, there's this one page, and I could not get over this because I don't talk to my female friends this way. I don't comment on the boob size of my female friends, but apparently, that's a that's a thing that happens between friends in 1872. And so her friend Odette, who calls her me apparently 17 times. 19. It's like, oh, they're commenting about how they wish they didn't have to wear corsets. So fucking don't. If it's that big of an issue to you and you feel that strongly, revolt. I mean, isn't that what feminism is about? Come on. Anyway, so they're like bitching and complaining about how they have to wear corsets and and Odette goes, huh, if I had, if I had your body, I wouldn't be so opposed to wearing corsets. You have a naturally tiny waist and a heaving bosom. And I'm like, I laughed so hard. I'm like, it just begs me not to take this book seriously begs me to and so i'm course, so confused is this supposed everybody to be loves her i is that everybody
1: loves her because you she's guys a human bosom?
0: you guys every chapter it's like it's like renee Adier is trying to overcompensate for something and she's like i've got to make this character the most amazing likable character and every chapter it's like people are fighting over her they're commenting on her beauty they're commenting on her intellectual capability
1: and we have zero to show for it i have not seen any wittiness i haven't seen this like they keep saying that she's just like oh my god i don't know how detective describes it but he's just like oh she's just so just like she just says what she wants to say so does Odette. Do you love I too? was just
0: going to say, I was like, literally every character says what they want to say in this book. And again, she's portraying every character as these modern people. We say what we want to say these days compared mm-hmm. to 1872. So I don't really see how that's making Celine stand out from the other females or characters in this book. So I'm just, I'm just confused as to how I'm supposed to be or, or how the preferred, <laughs> interpretation of the tone of this book is is this supposed to be like a dark tension-filled romance that's like lush and beautiful because it's not it's coming off as jokey and hokey and lame
1: I think it's supposed to be lush and beautiful because she describes everything to death um and thrown in with some humor barely uh barely yeah and like I know that it's it's obvious that Celine and Bastion are gonna get together.
0: Like that's not a spoiler here. That's that's obvious these two are our main characters and she's throwing in hella meat cutes for us, so these are these two are destined to be together. But the sudden jump from like Celine literally hating him and him like treating her with like indifferent derision to them sharing their deepest truths in the next chapter lacked utter development. And I was like, Oh, we're here now. I literally oh, wrote let me nothing catch up. after that
1: chapter. I, I, I could, Same. I didn't this care. Was, this
0: was the last of my notes. I was like, I'm done. I don't, I had nothing to say about that chapter. No. Yeah. So that's it. That's all I got to say about this section
1: of the, of the book. I don't know. The only thing that... Well, I put here, I hate Celine. I, yeah. She's probably one of the worst characters I've ever read. She's it's just awful. so boring. Yeah, I put ideas trying so hard to make her endearing and trying so hard to give her a reason why everyone is so enamored of her but she's just a wet blanket i've like, literally she's... read
0: this character so many times
1: in the only ways the only
0: difference is that she's part asian like half asian you know yeah. it's like i i don't i don't know
1: the only good thing i don't call it a good thing but and i think it's pippa who says this um this is when they were sharing their truths as you said. Pippa says, I suppose there are times in which sin lies with the eyes of the beholder. I was like, oh, that was kind of, it was a little profound. That's yeah. about it. Yeah, that was a decent
0: section of... Uh, that was it. Yep. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah, I appreciated that that section where they were, um, you, you know, again, sharing their truths because... So at some points in this book she throws a little bit of like actual solid character development in there that was one of those moments the other for me which i know you did not agree with but the other for me was when she was like kind of going over her um experience with sexual assault earlier in the book and i thought that was well done but where is the rest of that so it's like it's unfortunate it's like the writing is there when she needs it to be and i don't know what's happening elsewhere. She needs to take some classes or something. It's just not good. I feel horrible. I I do not want to sit here and bash. We aren't enjoying this. No. Like, I would hate if she came across this podcast and listened to it. I would fucking hate that. Yeah. But I hate this book. (sighs) I I know it sounds like
1: we're having a good time and laughing and joking, but this is not enjoyable. Like, we are struggling to get to this book. And i'm wasting my time here i could be reading great things and i'm just and i we literally have nothing positive to say there wow. is nothing the only the positive thing i just said it right right that's it i got and, and that was unfortunately like four pages maybe five i just like that sentence i didn't care about the scene
0: <laughs> <laughs> i was <laughs> like i was like okay i'll give her the scene the scene is going somewhere and then yeah that line was was good but jeez um I all right, go anything from. else from you? How how long was this podcast? <laughs> 29 minutes, alright. That's not dismal. I was like 12 minutes. What do we got here? Um, well guys, uh is this last section the
1: last bit? No. Oh, there's two more sections. There's two more. Fuck. So the next week next week we'll be discussing pages two ninety-two to three eighty-one. This book is long. 381? As... That can't be right. How many pages is it?
0: Three. 417, 419,
1: 425,
0: 425. All
1: right, so let's pick something before 381. 292 yeah. to what? 353. 353. Well,
0: wait. No, not 353. That's a long ass chapter. Well, let's do um,
1: 368. Okay, two ninety two to three sixty eight yeah. will be next week Thursday's section. Dear God, yeah, that's about halfway. <sighs>
0: okay, like <laughs> that can't be right.
1: All right, well, thank you for joining us. Hopefully, Renee Adia isn't. Oh my God! And we will catch you in the next podcast.